Welcome to Retire with Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, George Jameson, owner of Capital Wealth Group, a flat fee only advisory firm. Whether you're nearing retirement or already retired, join me each week as we explore the world of retirement planning and equip you with the knowledge and tools you need for a successful retirement. So let's get started. In today's episode, we'll be exploring the age-old question, how much money do you need to retire? As a financial advisor, this is one of the most commonly asked questions I get from those age 50 and above. There are many financial experts who have offered various rules of thumb regarding how much you need to retire. Some say you need anywhere between 70 to 90% of your pre-retirement income in retirement. Then you have others who suggest saving 10 to 12 times your pre-retirement salary for a comfortable retirement. But what's right for you? Because there are so many variables, there really isn't a one-size-fits-all solution or rule of thumb when it comes to estimating the amount needed to retire. The amount you will need will vary depending on several factors. Today, I will provide a straightforward framework to help you determine how much money you will need. This will give you a much more precise estimate than any rule of thumb. The approach I use to answer this question, how much money do you need to retire, involves answering three basic questions and comparing the results. The first one is, how long will your retirement last? To answer this, you'll need to estimate your life expectancy and to decide at what age you plan to retire. Of course, we don't know how long we will live, but we can come up with a reasonable estimate. You can look at your family history as a good place to start. You can also use an online life expectancy calculator to get a better estimate. The one I really like using is called living2100.com, and it's totally free. There are other good options online as well. If you prefer to play it safe, I suggest using age 90 or 95. Of course, if you have family members who've lived well into their 90s, you may want to use age 100. Once you've decided on a life expectancy age, you simply subtract it from the age you plan to retire to determine how long your retirement will last. So moving on to the second question, what are your estimated expenses in retirement? To answer this, first figure out your current average monthly expenses. If you don't already keep track, gather your past 12 months of credit cards and bank statements. Then make a list of expenses by category. I recommend using an Excel spreadsheet. If you need a budget template, you can download one of mine for free. You can also use a budgeting software like mint.com, widenab.com, every dollar, and there are plenty of others out there as well. Once you have all your current expenses organized, then figure out what to add, subtract, or reduce to come up with your estimated expenses in retirement. For example, if your house will be paid off at retirement, you'll no longer have a mortgage payment, but you'll still have homeowner's insurance and property taxes. If you plan to downsize, you'll most likely have less maintenance and lower utility bills. You may add some expenses in retirement, like extra travel, hobbies, and so on. In retirement, you will have a lot more free time, so you'll need to determine what you want to do and what it'll cost. Do you have any hobbies or interests that cost money? What will you do for entertainment? Do you plan to travel? What type of travel? Are you going to work part-time for a few years or fully retire now? If you retire before age 65, do you need health insurance? If so, what's the cost until you're eligible for Medicare? Do you have long-term care insurance? If not, you may want to set aside some money just in case. These are all important questions to consider when estimating your retirement expenses. One thing you will not have to pay for in retirement is FICA taxes. Currently for W-2 employees, FICA taxes are 7.65% on the first $160,000 of income. And if you're self-employed, you currently pay 15.3% on the first 160000 FICA taxes are U.S. federal payroll taxes used to fund Social Security and Medicare. 
FICA stands for the Federal Insurance Contributions Act and is deducted from each paycheck for W-2 employees. Assuming you will be fully retired and your income isn't from wages or a business, you will not have to pay FICA or self-employment taxes. However, you'll still be paying federal taxes on most retirement income, including IRA withdrawals, pension income, and up to 85% of your Social Security income. Most states don't tax Social Security. In fact, only 11 states may tax your Social Security income. Then there are 13 states that don't tax any of your retirement income, including IRA withdrawals. I will go into more detail regarding taxes and retirement on future episodes. So the last question we need to solve for is, what is your projected income in retirement? There are three types of income you need to calculate. The first is guaranteed income. This includes Social Security, pensions, and income annuities. The second type of income is called other income. It includes income from rental properties, royalties, a side business, or a part-time job. After retiring from a full-time job, some retirees opt to work part-time for a few years, either doing consulting or freelance work, etc. This can be a good way to ease yourself into full retirement. The third type of income is the income you can produce from your savings and investments. This question can be a bit tricky. There's a lot of research out there on safe withdrawal rates, but many of them assume you're going to be spending a steady amount over time while adjusting for inflation. This may work well for those starting Social Security the day they retire. However, it can be a little more complicated if you retire and delay Social Security. You may have to take a higher rate from your investments until Social Security kicks in. And then when Social Security kicks in, your taxes change and so on. But don't get overwhelmed if this is you. Realize that taking more than a 3 to 4% rate of withdrawal from your investments for several years before starting Social Security is okay. And don't let it get in the way of making the right decision for you when it comes to deciding when to start Social Security. This is where financial planning software can really help you see the big picture and help you make the right decisions. Today, we will focus on one withdrawal strategy, the 4% rule. It states that you can withdraw 4% the first year of retirement, increasing it each year for inflation. This assumes a 50-50 stock-to-bond portfolio and a 30-year retirement. If you have a more conservative portfolio or your retirement will last more than 30 years, you may need a smaller withdrawal rate or use a different withdrawal strategy. In my next episode, we will cover the 4% rule and alternative withdrawal strategies in more detail. Once you've calculated all your estimated income for retirement from all three sources, simply compare it to your estimated expenses to see if you have enough to retire. So let's look at an example to put everything together. Suppose you need $100,000 in retirement income based on your estimated retirement expenses. You're married, both of you are at age 63, and would like to retire at age 65. Just to keep it simple, you both will start Social Security at age 65. You have no pension or other income, and you'll get a combined $50,000 from Social Security after taxes, leaving a $50,000 income gap, which you will need to generate from your investments. Based on the 4% rule, you will need about $1.25 million, assuming you have a 50-50 portfolio. There are three important things to note in this example. First, taxes on withdrawals weren't considered. Second, if your retirement will last longer than 30 years or your portfolio is more conservative than 50% stocks and 50% bonds, you may not want to use the 4% rule. Finally, both spouses taking Social Security at age 65 may or may not be your best option. Some retirees may benefit 
from delaying Social Security until age 70 to take advantage of the 8% per year increase in guaranteed income. In addition, one big risk you face near the beginning of retirement using a total return withdrawal strategy like the 4% rule is the sequence of return risk, which is the risk your portfolio will have negative returns near the beginning of retirement as you start taking withdrawals. You may want to take steps to help reduce this risk. Here are several ways to go about it. First, you can simply start out with a lower withdrawal rate than the 4% rule if you have enough saved or you can live on less. Second, use the 4% rule, but be a little more flexible in your withdrawal rate after year one if the markets take a downturn. Third, for those who prefer safety first, you can cover your basic living expenses with guaranteed or predictable sources of income, including Social Security, pensions, other income, and income annuities. However, if your guaranteed income doesn't cover all of your essential expenses and you don't like income annuities, I suggest setting aside one, two, three, or even five years or more of your essential expenses to cover the gap in safe liquid assets such as short-term government bonds, CDs, money markets, and so on. This can be a part of your bond allocation, or you can set aside one or two years in addition to your 60-40 or 50-50 allocation, or whatever allocation is appropriate for you. So there is not one correct strategy, and historically speaking, you may be just fine following the 4% rule as it is. But the previous strategies can help reduce your sequence of return risk and help you sleep better at night. A quick disclosure about annuities. They tend to be a polarizing topic. Some people hate them, others love them, and many do not understand them. As a fee-only advisor, I do not sell annuities. However, for the right person and the right reasons, an income annuity may make sense as part of someone's overall retirement plan. In upcoming episodes, we will discuss annuities in much more detail. So to summarize, in this episode, I provided guidance on how to calculate the estimated amount of money you'll need to retire. Here's a recap. First, figure out how long your retirement will last by subtracting your retirement age from your life expectancy. Second, estimate your retirement expenses, allowing for unexpected costs like long-term care, health care costs, home repairs, and so on. Third, calculate your cash flow in retirement by looking at guaranteed income sources like Social Security, pensions, and income annuities, and other income like rental income or part-time work. Lastly, estimate how much income you can safely generate from your investments and savings. And finally, add your total estimated annual income in retirement and compare it to your estimated annual expenses in retirement to see if you have enough to retire. Remember to plan for a cushion for unexpected costs and other surprises that life may bring. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Retire With Confidence. I hope you found this information helpful in your retirement planning journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to my podcast and leave a five-star review to help others discover the show. If you have any questions, topic ideas, or want to discuss your retirement plan, feel free to reach out to me, George Jameson, with Capital Wealth Group. You can visit our website at capitalwealthplan.com to learn more. Thank you again for listening. And I look forward to bringing you more valuable insights from retirement planning in future episodes. And now for the disclaimer. The information discussed in this podcast is for general explanations and education only. It is not tax, legal, or investment advice. Before considering acting on any information heard here, 
First, consult with your tax, legal, or investment advisor. Thank you and have a great day.